Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. We're in a series entitled The Goodness of the Gospels. We've been marching through the book of Mark. Hope that you are falling in love with the Gospels even more so. I hope you're falling in love with Jesus. Isn't he wonderful, church? He is so good. Today, I want to talk to you about an important kingdom value, and that is the kingdom value of honor. We're going to talk on the topic of honor. We want to be a culture of honor. And here is the thing. Without honor, you can't have a great marriage. Without honor, you can't have a healthy family. Without honor, you won't have a productive and successful workplace. Without honor, you won't have wonderful friendships. And so honor is paramount. And Jesus gives us this great picture of honor and what happens when there is a lack thereof in our lives. So we're going to jump right in. Mark chapter 6, read with me, starting in verse 1. It says this, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, that's the day of rest, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are the remarkable miracles he's performing? Listen to this. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and his own home. Watch this next part. This this is going to blow your mind. Have you ever seen this? He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. This is not a good day. And we don't want to repeat this, so we're going to dive in today. If I had a subtitle today, my my title would be, Don't Miss the Gold Because of the Gum. Don't miss the gold because of the gum. Now, let me take you into where I get that subtitle. In college, I remember going, and I landed in my new city, and there was this incredible college event that would happen. And there was this preacher, and when I saw him, so I had grown up in church, but it was kind of more boring to me. I really missed the passion and the excitement of it. And so when I get to college, there is this preacher, and he was captivating. He'd speak, and his eyes would get all wide, and he'd draw out his statements. And I, and I remember looking at him going, that is, the, that, that is the Apostle Paul of our generation. And so I was so captivated, and I never would miss one of these college events. It was this college Bible study that would happen on Monday nights in, in my city, and it had like a 1,000 students. And so I would never miss, and then they had a conference, and they had a conference in my city where I was born, where I grew up, in Austin, Texas. And so I, I went, and I was so excited, and then they had this breakout session where this preacher, who I just thought this is the most captivating preacher of our generation, was doing a seminar for future preachers on how to preach. And so I, I knew by then I wanted to be a preacher, so I get up there. I'm on the second row, and, and I see he, he's actually sitting on the front row, so I sat right behind him. I'm like, maybe some of his anointing will ooze 
on to me. Right? I don't know if you've ever been like too enamored with a hero in the body of Christ. I was too enamored. And so I'm like, if I sit next to him, you know, like his anointing is going to... And so they said, you know, and, and they, they brag on him and they bring him up to stage. They're about to bring him up on the stage to teach preachers how to preach. And so I'm just, I, I'm just watching him the whole time. And they say, so let's welcome the preacher up to stage. And all of a sudden he does this. He reaches into his mouth, pulls out a big glob of gum and goes, and puts it under his chair. Then he got up and spoke. I don't remember one thing. I was so disillusioned. I was like, he just put, like, throughout my life, one of the most horrific experiences I've had is when I adjust my chair at school and I stick my fingers in gum. And this is the reason. Because people like you. I don't... I, I, I imagine, and, and, and it took me a couple of years before I could receive from him again. I missed everything he said. I'm sure he had the most amazing points, because to this day, he's one of the best communicators of our generation. Notice how I'm not telling you who it is. But here's my point. It took me years to receive from him again just because he did something human. Don't miss the gold because of the gum. Because God uses humans. He uses faulty humans. He uses humans that litter. He uses humans that put gum on the bottom of chairs. But we miss the gold because of the gum. And so Jesus says a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And there's a danger of seeing people up close and personal. That all of a sudden our bubble is bursted, our pedestal that we put them up on that we never should have, mind you, because they're just a human, is bursted, and then we stop receiving the grace of God from people. And if you just take a moment to look around this tent, there are a lot of amazing people that God wants to bless you through. But if you just look at the gum, you'll always miss the gold. Man, I had another experience like this. I, I, I was leading a conference and I was supposed to bring in this, this preacher, and, and man, this preacher, he has the most amazing revelation, the most amazing revelation of heaven, the most amazing revelation of the book of Revelation. Man, this guy was used so powerfully, and so it was my opportunity to invite people into a conference, and I remember bringing them in, and, and I went to go pick them up. I went to go be his driver, but I took my pastor with me, and the guy, he didn't pay me any attention. He only paid attention to my pastor, and, and so I was so disheartened that I stopped listening to him for five years because I expected to be treated a certain way. Now, I probably listened to this guy's messages more than anyone else in my whole life, but five years I took a break just because he didn't treat me exactly. He didn't, he didn't cuss me out. He didn't say anything. He just didn't pay me the amount of attention I wanted. How often are we guilty... A missing the gold because of the go. A missing the blessing because someone wasn't exactly how we wanted them to be. And that's what Jesus is focusing in on. Today, point one is this. Don't withhold honor or don't hold back on honor. Don't hold back on honor. Here's some of the reasons we do it. You see this in, in, in verses two and three. Isn't this the carpenter? These people said, isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters with us? And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his town among his relatives and in his own hometown. Here are four reasons we hold back honor. 
where someone's from, what job they have, what family they come from. Because of their close proximity to us, let's go through these real quick because these are so important. Because while I'm preaching today, please be searching your heart and your mind because you really could be missing out on receiving and being blessed in the body of Christ because of these simple things that block us. Let's, let's talk about someone's job, what job they have. They couldn't receive from Jesus because he was a carpenter. Isn't that crazy? Like God could have picked any job for his son to have, but he picked a carpenter. They couldn't receive him because he wasn't a Pharisee, because he wasn't a teacher of the law. How many times do we put people in a box or not receive from them because they don't fit the exact thing that we think that someone should do that would bless us? I think about in South Africa, we have a church plant in South Africa right now, and and arguably, no one's being used in South Africa to bring more people to the Lord right now than a guy named Angus. Now, I don't know if you, you know what Angus's job is. Angus is a potato farmer. Angus is a potato farmer, but he's used more by God right now to speak the Bible. He's, he's preaching the, the word of God to more people than any other person. But people, let me just tell you, the, the religious crowd, the church totally rejected this guy in the beginning. But here's what happened. Angus said, I'm going to bring God into my job. And in a drought, he felt like God spoke to him to plant potatoes in a drought. Now, I don't know if you know, a potato is about 70% water. So a potato can't grow without water. And in a dry drought, Angus planted potatoes in the ground. And at harvest time, it had not rained once. And he opens up the ground, and the potatoes are water-rich. An absolute miracle. People heard about that miracle, and a young girl had died. A young girl in, in their village had died, and they bring that girl to Angus. He prays for her. She's raised from the dead. I love that Angus didn't disqualify himself because of the job he had. Right? We, we were just hearing uh, 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 about a man that, that, that you you've might have even been in a square named after him, but <clears throat> where, where did he begin? He, began, he, became, uh, he started his career cleaning the floors of the tiny church that he had. He was the, the one who cleaned the floors and the toilets. I don't know if you've heard of his name, John D. Rockefeller. Don't ever discount someone because of their job. Don't ever discount someone because of what they do. God has chosen, the scripture says, to put his treasures in jars of clay. He has chosen the weak things of the world to confound that which is wise. That is how God works. So don't miss someone because of of their job or because of what they do. Next thing, we, we disqualify people because of their close I'm sorry, the family they come from. They say this, isn't that Mary's son? Isn't that the brother of James and John? Mary, you know, we, we revere Mary. We honor Mary. But did you know that Mary was this, this teenager from this no-name town, and, and actually most people thought that she was laced in scandal because all of a sudden she was pregnant out of wedlock. So people saw that and they were like, this is, this is Mary's son. And these brothers, they're just, they're just these carpenters. There was a, uh, in, the, in the town I lived before I, I moved here, there was a very poor family 
and um, just just uh, struggling to make it. And the father was an alcoholic. Father was an, an alcoholic, very poor family, struggling to make it. But they came into a church and praise God that the pastor of the church had this in mind because that poor family with an alcoholic dad became a family that birthed four ministers. And one of them is the one who was just leading you in worship, Stephen Gully. I, I praise God that someone did, and, and guess what happened by Stephen and his brother last week was sitting on the front row, Carl, uh, who's been leading a, another church, and then uh, his other brother, Jonathan, led the church in, in Chicago, uh, and guess what happened? As they were transformed, now their dad is completely free from alcoholism and is a leader in the body of Christ himself now. We don't ever want to, to, to put some, well, they can't be this because of the family they came from. Again, God uses the foolish things to confound that which is wise, and the weak thing to shame those things that are strong. Because why? Because then God gets the glory and not man. Then God gets all of the glory. So never, never put someone in a place because of their, of their family that they come from. Here's another reason. The close proximity they have to us. Aren't his sisters here? here? Here's what I often see. You grow up with someone, and so you freeze them in your mind where they were when you first knew them. Have you ever noticed that? And when you do that, man, you miss calling out the gold in them. I was just uh, in, in Los Angeles at a board meeting of, of the churches, some of the churches we oversee, and uh, I, I'm with this, this young guy, and they kept having him speak over and over again, and the wisdom that was coming from him was just incredible. And then he was talking about being in this city with the leaders of the body of Christ, and in this city with the leaders of the body of Christ. And I just kept looking at him marveling, because I actually discipled him when he was a freshman in college, and, and I kept wanting to give up. And the reason was, is he came, and uh, he came as a rave DJ. I don't know if you know what a rave is. It's an illegal drug party uh, with techno music in warehouses. And, and I was actually, my, my, my pastor had told me, you have to disciple this guy. Uh, and I, I did not want to, but it, he was a son of a friend. And, and so I was like, I really don't want to. And I'd meet with him, and about after 10 minutes, he'd always be like, hey, I've, I've got to go and do my laundry. I'm like, you can do your laundry. Any? i got to go and get some books. I mean, he would always dip out on me. And so I was so frustrated. And, and and, and so I kept wanting to leave over and over again. But now he's a major leader in the body of Christ. He's overseeing all the U.S. church plants of Antioch. And don't discount someone because of the proximity they have with you. Don't freeze them. Let people grow in the grace of God. Don't ever put a limit on someone else. Here's the last reason. He said, Jesus said, Prophet's never accepted in his own hometown. You know, location is often one of the ways we disqualify people. Have you ever noticed it's a lot cooler? If you, if you, like, if you went around, it's a lot cooler to be from Beverly Hills than Bakersfield. Right? Have you, have you ever noticed there's, there's places that you can say? It was so, you know, I, I was from Waco, Texas when we moved here. That's where I moved next. 
And I, I didn't even want to tell people where I was from. Now it's all cool because of Fixer Upper and Baylor's National Champion. When I moved here, it was not cool. I'd say Waco, people would go, ugh. I finally just said, I'm from Central Texas. They'd be like, oh, that's. And then I started traveling around the world. They'd say, where are you from? I'm like, San Diego. God chose Bethlehem. God chose Nazareth. People said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Once again, the reason I say these things is because God loves to choose the weak, the small, the broken, because then he gets all the glory. So don't ever, don't ever put someone because they come from this school or this neighborhood or this locale because God loves to choose Bethlehem. God loves to choose Nazareth. God loves to choose Galilee with the country accents and all. Let's move to the second part of this, uh, of this sermon. When we, when we hold back honor, there's a hold back. When we withhold honor, there's an actual hold back or withholding of gifts and power and blessing that we could receive. Says this, he could not, this is Jesus, folks. This is gonna mess with your theology. He could not do many miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Let it never be that all people's church limits the work of Jesus. I never want to limit the work of Jesus. It says he could not do. Like that is messing with some of your theology right there, that Jesus, the Son of God, God come in flesh, could not do many miracles because of the lack of honor in a place. Now, let me just say, on the contrary, my pastor, I once asked him, I said, I said, you know, when I go to you and I ask you a question, it's like you have this Solomonic wisdom for me. Why is that? Is that like that for everyone? He goes, no, it absolutely isn't. He goes, but you come, Robert, with such a gift of faith that it, it amplifies my gifting, and God pours it out. Isn't that crazy? How many giftings do we block of other people because we have no faith for them because we do not honor them? How many things are we missing in life because we don't honor other people? That is why we want to be a church of honor. We don't want to see people through eyes of the flesh. We want to see eyes of faith. We don't want to see the gum. We want to see the gold. And so let us be a church that is constantly calling out, man, you got a gift of encouragement. You got a gift of evangelism. I want to walk in and see people with eyes of faith. But that's the kind of church we want to be, amen? I, I, I want to constantly be encouraging people into their destiny, into their greatness. Here's, here's the, the second point of the message. We need to give honor to the right thing. We need to give honor to the right thing. So we, we keep reading in Mark chapter 6. There's no, there's no break. You know, there's, there's no, in, in, in our, like if you read the NIV Bible, all of a sudden you'll have a break and you'll have a subtitle. You know, those, those aren't in the scripture. Actually, verse numbers weren't even in the scripture. So there's actually no break between that first story and the next one we read. It says, he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to send them out two by two 
and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people and with oil healed them. Here's my my second point. Give honor to the right thing. The point of using our gifts is to honor Jesus and the gospel and to extend the kingdom of God, both home and extra-locally. The point of using our gifts is not to receive honor ourselves. So I'm doing a message on a culture of honor, but the right response from us as a church is not to be like, yes, I'm finally going to be honored. I'm really happy, Robert, that you're telling all these jokers sitting around me because I have some gifts that need to be honored, and I have not been honored around here. And man, I have the gift of ushing. I put people in their seat. And I'm not, I'm not ready for some, I have the gift, right? I, I, I pick up trash like no one else, right? I, man, I can handshake with the best of them. And I have not been honored. I can sing, right? I can sing like a canary. And no, and no one, right? I, I am so thankful for all these gifts, and we want to honor, but the, the point of using our gifts is not to be honored. The point of using our gifts is to extend the kingdom. The point that honor is to be given to the kingdom work, to, to, to actually extending the gospel, to glorifying Jesus. The point of honor is actually, when you get honor, defer it up. Defer it to Jesus. The, the point of becoming a culture of honor is not just so we all get puffed up. The point of being a culture of honor is that God gets most glorified when honor flows freely. I, I saw this so dramatically in, in my, my dad. Um, about halfway through his, his career, he, my dad worked at a car dealership for 50 years. About halfway through his career, he had this transformation in thinking where he realized the purpose of me working at this car dealership is God has called me to be a missionary to this dealership. Because a lot of these people will never darken the door of a church. So I'm the only Jesus they're gonna see. So I am a sent one. I am a missionary to this car dealership. Here's a unique perspective of all people's church. We are a church of missionaries. And many of you, if you've been around, you go, yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like every week we're sending a missionary to a different country. No, I want to say, actually, the missionary is sitting in your seat right now. You're like, really? Someone's sitting? No, it's you. We actually believe in this church that every member is called to be a missionary. Some will be a home missionary. Some will be a foreign missionary. But every person is called to be a missionary. And so... We need to honor the mission. So Jesus starts talking about this journey. And it's really interesting what he, what he says is he goes, hey, take no bag. Take no bread along with you. He says, take, take no extra set of clothes. Now, why? Is because is Jesus want us to be these ascetic monks 
that just travel around? Does he want us to take a vow of poverty? No, if you read the whole Bible, you see that actually that's not what he's calling us to do. There's too much about provision and God meeting our needs and even God bringing blessing. What is the, what's the point he's saying? He's saying live life like you're on a journey. Your life isn't about storing up things here. And here's one of the greatest reasons there's a lack of honor is because we're too into our bags. We're too into our bread. We're too into our extra shirts, right? And, and actually, that's, that is, man, I see this. I have high schoolers right now, like kids in high school, and man, high school is just like an amplified real life. Have you ever noticed that? Right? It's like, high school is like real life without filters. It's like people actually say what they think before they learn not to say it. And man, I just see... I see kids, and they start hating on each other, and it's really just because they're envious. Because this kid has the cool Nikes, because this kid has the cool clothes, because this kid got, I, I love that, 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 that he, Jesus sends him out, and he says, only take a staff, right? He could have said, hey, take the latest model camel, right? Take this kind of donkey, Right, Take this kind of horse or chariot. He says, no, take a step. Why? Because he's like, don't get too into your ride. Okay. Right? Don't, don't judge me for this. I'm a car dealer's kid. Right? Cars are a blessing. But we get too into the stuff on the journey, the bread that we eat, the, the car that we drive, the clothes that we wear. And he's saying, no, live your life on a journey because the point is, the, is taking the gospel, not all the stuff we accumulate on the journey. And you, you start getting too into your stuff. And then that's when we start judging other people for what they have or what they don't have. We position ourselves by our job or by our social standing. Or by, and he's saying, no, 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 no. The point is the journey. Take the gospel. Take it into your workplace. It, do, do you think more about your position at work or your proclamation at work? Uh, do you think more about your comforts in life or do you think about your calling in life? Are you following me? The honor, what we need to honor, here, here's, what, here's what Paul said. This, this is the Apostle Paul. He says this, Ask for other matters, brothers and sisters. Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it is with you. He was in a time of persecution. And he didn't say, hey, pray that I'd be able to survive this persecution. He said, pray that the message would be honored. So many times we're spending more time in our jobs saying, Lord, just let my boss treat me fairly instead of saying, Lord, let the message be honored. You, you heard me say about a month ago of a school teacher in our midst and, and, and their adversarial principal came to them and said, I'm going to probably have to let you go because I need to hire someone else. And the whole purpose of hiring someone else was to have this really aggressive social uh, um, theory taught that we would say is very much opposed to Judeo-Christian ethic. So what does the teacher do? Um, you know, inside their heart, they're like, oh, that's so wrong. That's so painful. But what they found themselves as they prayed, they found themselves saying, you know what, principal, man, you're going through a challenging time, and I'm going to pray for you to have wisdom. Do you know what the principal ended up saying to this teacher? 
They said, you know what? Uh, you're, you're a person of faith. And, and actually, I'd love to have more conversations with you about faith. And then the next week, that the, the, the principal came and said, you know, I'm not into all this stuff, but I just got this book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And I'd love to spend time consistently discussing this with you. The honor of this, of this person that didn't even deserve to be honored, but because they were an authority. But do you know that the scripture teaches us to honor authorities that are not good authorities? Like, we, we need to pray. You might not agree with, with our, our governor. You might not agree with the, the person in, in, in power, but we need to honor them by praying for them. That's what Scripture says. Let prayers and intercessions be made for all peoples and those in authority. You have an unrighteous boss? Well, that's actually good because you might be the only person praying for that boss, for your principal, for the, the people in charge in your neighborhood. And we honor them, but the main thing is we're not just praying like, let me survive, let me make it, it's getting hard here. No, Paul says, here's what you pray for. Pray that the message would be honored. So here's what happens to my dad. My dad was an, an upper management at this car dealership, and all of a sudden he's told by his boss, you've gotta be the one who drives people home. Like they bring their car, you drive them home. It was a job for an 18-year-old. Here's my dad at 50 told to do that. And you know what he said? He said, Robert, I said, Dad, I'm so sorry that that happened. He goes, I love it because I have a chance to minister to these people. I have a captive audience. They're in my car with me. And so I get to share the gospel with them. And my dad led numerous people to the Lord because what he wanted to honor was the message not demanding his own honor. Do we live our life honoring the message and honoring the kingdom? If we do, no one can block us. And that brings me to my last point. Point three, release the right to be honored. Release the right to be honored. No, no one did this more than Jesus. I, I, I'm just continually baffled and continually convicted by Jesus, because I, man, I mean, I get so, I, I, I demand my rights so much, like fast food restaurant, right? I'm like, no, I, you put ketchup on my burger. And I said, no ketchup. And so I demand that you go back and make this right. Do you know who I am? I'm a paying customer. I am an American for crying out loud. And we demand these rights. And, 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 and you know what? Can I just tell you? We have this amazing opportunity as the world get, is getting more demandy and more harsh. I was, I, was, uh, I, I, I was going to the hardware store to buy something the other day, and this guy just started tearing into the poor clerk. I mean, he was like, I am the customer, and you did this wrong, and it's on my time, and my money. I mean, he went off, and the guy's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I'm thinking right behind him, oh, man, you are setting it up for me to be a nice guy. <laughs> this is a setup. And I stepped up the counter. I was like, how are you doing? Are you having a good day? 
right? And I was like, how can I pray for you? And the guy's like, yes, please pray for me. And I'm like, yes, in a harsh world, it's the most wonderful setup for us to come and show the love of Jesus. But we got to release the right to be honored, right? We got to release the right to be treated. Because, and, and, and how can you do that? You can do that by having Jesus as our model, who humbled himself, who, who is the king of the universe, but it says he humbled himself and became nothing and emptied himself and became a man and even became a servant and a slave. It's time for us Christians to release the right to be honored. Now, now please, uh, please take the balance. I, I am not saying it's okay in, in, in a family to be abused. I'm not saying it's okay to be, to, to be degraded. And not, that, don't hear me, right? That is not healthy. Please, if that is going on, please bring that. Bring that to leaders. Bring that to authorities. I am not telling you to be abused and destroyed physically, emotionally, sexually. That is not what I'm saying. But I am saying in the basic interactions of life where we demand to be treated like a king, we need to remember the king of kings who became a servant to all. So we release the right to be honored. And, and here's what it says, because it's actually this is a key to the gospel. Mark 6, 10, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. Man, one of the reasons the gospel doesn't spread is because we have these different circles or these different relationships that we want to be accepted in, that we want to be honored in. And Jesus is saying, no, go where the message is honored. Go where you're accepted. So I remember this moving to San Diego. We moved on to this street, and I would just be the same with every person, and we would just share. And some people totally accepted us, and some people totally rejected us. But the problem with so many of us as Christians is we, we choose who we want to accept us. And, and, and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if they reject you, then just shake the dust off your feet and just keep going because the harvest is plentiful. So don't, some of us go, well, I tried sharing the gospel once and it just didn't work. No, the Bible says just keep moving. Keep moving because the harvest is plentiful. He actually says don't stay for months till the harvest. Look up to the fields. They're white for harvest now. So you just keep going. You don't decide. So, so you know, I, I tried to befriend everyone on my street and some people were, just were totally closed to us. But you know what? Uh, another house, they were open. And so what did I do? Of course, I pray for these people. I'm kind to these people, but I don't just spend my, my life just going up to their door and just banging my head against it. And some of us, that's what we're doing. We're like, I'm going to bang my head against this coworker until I'm going to beat them up in prayer until they come. And the Bible says, no, no, just shake the dust off your feet and keep going because there's people that are hungry. There's people that, are, that want it. Do you know that people, they're, they're, even their receptivity comes in seasons and cycles. And so what, what, what you want to do is you don't want to go, I mean, I don't know if you've ever picked fruit before, but if you've ever tried to pick a fruit that's not ripe, you're going like, pulling on it. But I love it. I have some orange trees. I love it. Some of the times they get so ripe that I can walk by the tree, I just bump it, and orange right? Keep going, Christian, until you find the ripe fruit. 
Now, I'm not saying don't pray for people. Of course, pray for people. The Bible says prayers and intercessions should be made for all people. So pray at your business. But don't just focus on who you want to focus on. Always be watching. Always keep going until you find those people at work, those people at school, those people in your neighborhood, those people in your family. They're there, but it's not up to you to decide. You just keep moving on until the doors open. And when the doors open, stay with them. I think about our church planner in Eastern Europe right now is that this, he, he, he had this national partner working with him from the country, and all of a sudden, the guy just turned on him. He was influenced by a, a bad dude, and he just turned on, on our church planner and just went against him, and, and I was finally like, man, you just, just, I know it hurts, but bless him and walk away. And you know what? The, the, when, he, when he decided, I'm going to just let him go because this guy is against me. I'm just going to be kind and let him go, and not fight, and not just keep trying. He turned and walked away. His hands were open. He received the most amazing new partner, this, this guy that, that, that came out of prison and had come to know Jesus, and now that guy is leading all kinds of people, Lord, and he's full of joy and peace. But until you let go of the old, you can't grab the new. God has, God has ministry partners for you in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in your schools, in your families. God, had, it's, it's another thing. we got to release the right to be honored. So many times we, wanna, we want to do a specific thing. Well, I want to be on the worship team. I've got, I need to be the, a worship leader. And it, the door doesn't open. So what do you do? You say, but, but the strange thing is people keep asking me to lead this life group. I don't want to do that. I want to lead worship. And God's saying, no, just... That's not the door that's opening for you. Because I have some. Can I just tell you, sometimes the biggest blessings in our lives are closed doors. Right? Because God has something else for you to, to grab hold of. Don't, don't demand to be honored in a place that you're not getting honored. Look for the places where God is making a way for you. Because he has different things in different seasons. Church, when we become a culture of honor, the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and his creative ministry starts flowing through us, and that's what we want to be. So let me ask you this last question. Who is someone you can honor today? I I love getting real practical with a message. Who is someone you can honor today? I would love it if every single person in here either went up and encouraged someone or sent them a text or wrote them a note saying, hey, I see this gift on your life, and I just want to tell you, keep going, right? Encouragement is the fuel that advances the kingdom. Who is someone that you can honor? And who is someone that you've blocked because of your lack of honor? Let's repent of that today, and let's be a culture of honor so the kingdom can flow freely in our midst, amen? Let's stand up.